Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Yeah, it's time for a new song. Another, another new song. It's time, it's time, it's time. Welcome back to the Mom and Michael Hour. And yes, Michael, I think you need a new opening song. <laughs> and it's so good you to have you join that. us. I have. Have you found one? I, you know, I think last time I mentioned that to you, you have been very good over all these years of finding oh, new songs. Gosh, you usually I find know. a few options, mm-hmm. and then I say yes, but mm-hmm. no, and then, you know. Uh, No, take that off my plate. Yeah, just come up with some songs, okay? (laughs) Just come up with a few, and um, you you know, regifted that assignment back to me, just out of love, right? (laughs) I wish I could remember the song that Jonathan used to have. That was his. uh, What was it called? That we had our own. Each one of us had our own sound bite. It was like a. Yeah, and I can't remember what that was, but that one was kind of cool because he had the best one out of the three of us, and I got over it. Okay, so I didn't. Anyway, clearly, uh, <laughs> but, but obviously you didn't because you forgot the whole song. I, in fact, I think I you're the whole song. that experience from your mind, and that's why you can't think of what it is. <laughs> Not at because all. It's all blocked. Not Nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, what was the name of that song? The oh, he's right uh-huh. music. The yes. again, these are these were our sounds for the right music. Right, whoever was right. Yes, correct. Got to play their their little piece of a yes. song. Yes. Yeah. Mine was, was from the ultra popular mega hit um with featuring Usher and Ludacris and Lil John called Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That one? Uh-huh. Correct. Oh goodness. And what was mine? Do you remember? Of course yours, you don't. Yours was from oh yours oh yours was special. Yours was oh, no, specially don't, don't specially done. Um, it was the I don't know if you call it a little interlude or whatnot from uh, Never Gonna Get It from In Vogue. Oh, never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Yes. Never which, gonna get it, never gonna get it. Which never made any sense never to me because her, exactly. her right music when she got it was music saying that she was never gonna get it. I, I, didn't, I, was, I didn't understand that. Yeah, what was that? What was that? And what was Michael's music? No, no. So, so first of all, I'm what not saying that you're never gonna get it. When you're saying you're right, the other person is, you're, you're saying to the other person, you're never gonna get it because I'm right. Well, but they wouldn't get it because she's already gotten it. <laughs> but that means they never well, going to get it. Why we put this I, in a I, different context? It, but that means you ain't going to get it. <laughs> Woo! I digress. It doesn't I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no. This, is, this uh, is not the time of night to get meta, okay? I mean, mm. just saying. Mine was Prince. It was that high pitch, amazing 
screech, squeal, scream that he does. Uh, I think on Get Off was, was the song that that was from. And I loved that as the right music. Of course, most often heard during our conversation was my right music. Just for <laughs> I don't know about that, Michael. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have to go back and kind of kind of look into my, my uh, program notes from way back and just see. <laughs> Well, Michael, it's so great to have you on, honey. And I just want to ask you, you seem to have a great weekend every weekend, unless all of a sudden you catch a little cold or something like that, which you haven't had in a long time. So how was your weekend? It was fantastic. See see what I mean, Jonathan? It's always fantastic. Yeah, but, I, you know, I work very hard to make sure that my weekends are fantastic because my Monday through Friday is a lot of work and it's extremely stressful. So when it comes time for the weekend, you know, it's that cliche work hard, play hard. My generation, you know, we are working more hours than our parents had to at this age. In most cases at these companies, they're just working us in the ground. So yeah, when the weekend comes, we're out there having a great time. And you know, with our wages, we can't really buy houses. Uh, so in California, in California, in California. In, you're right. I, I should, I should focus this to the big cities. In the big, expensive cities, most of us can't really buy houses. Um, so we you can always go to for... Poughkeepsie, Mississippi, or something. No, is this sure, a Poughkeepsie? Then, you know, can't. What is? Where's Poughkeepsie? Poughkeepsie, there really Mississippi. No, what is it? What where is it? Where's New Poughkeepsie? She's, New York. She's moved cities. New York. <laughs> Poughkeepsie's <laughs> in New York. Wow. <laughs> There might be Poughkeepsie's in other places. That's what I was thinking. The one I know is in New York. What did you say, Michael? Okay, what did you say, Michael? I was was singing your song because here it's appropriate. Never going to get it, never going to get it. You know, (laughs) because she just couldn't get it. This is when we should play that song. It's right now. You can't think of something out there. You know, what's that called? Where? Mississippi? Never going to get it, never going to get it. Never going to get it. No, but so, you know, we take our money and we go to brunch and we go to parties and we hang out. And this week, I actually went, went to the Magic Castle on Thursday, Thursday night with some friends, as you know, uh, that, that the Magic Castle is a private club for magicians out here in Hollywood that I've been, been a member of since 2004. I performed there several times. And uh, I, I got there before my friend Charles did, and I was at the bar waiting for him. And of course, there's a dress code. Men have to wear a full suit and tie and dress shoes and, and ladies and dresses or pantsuits. And I'm waiting there, and there are two women walk up, and they say, hey, how are you? And, and why are you here alone? And I should have known by the fact that, that the two of them just walked up and said hi to me that they were from the Midwest. They were from Wisconsin. And they had flown in to see um, Van Morrison, I think. Was it Van Morrison and the Grateful Dead? No, it was Van Morrison performing at the Hollywood Bowl out here. And they got there a little bit earlier and went to the Magic Castle. And uh, anyway, it was really cool to meet other people from the from the Midwest here in L.A. and tell them about the Magic Castle and kind of explain what it is. And then they asked what I do. I tried to explain that, <laughs> a very Hollywood explanation to them. But it was just it was wonderful to, to have that uh, warm Midwestern vibe here, here in L.A. So I bought them their drinks and they went off and saw some shows. But going and doing something on a Thursday night with a friend and actually going out somewhere special on a Thursday may seem really obvious and mundane and a thing that people do all the time, but it isn't a thing I do all the time. If I'm working, I'm working. If I'm having fun, I'm having fun. Um, so Friday felt like part of the weekend. So I had stuff to do Friday night, all day Saturday, uh, and here we are today. So it actually felt like a long weekend. I got to really go out and have fun and go to dinners, plural, and see friends, plural. So it really was fantastic and relaxing and uh, 
Wonderful. And tomorrow is Monday. Thankful to have a job, but tomorrow is Monday. Right. And of course, you know, you try to make the most of your um, weekends, all of us do, I think. And so you do it. You really do get out there and do it. And I hope the Magic Castle is doing well after the scandal and so much more. You know, the, the scandal, uh, w- which was the, the exposure of, of, the, of the sexism and racism that has been a part of that place for so long, um, that I thought was a great thing because, you know, you and I have had bad experiences there. They just weren't too kind to us when I was first visiting to audition. Um, but I still love that place. I've always wanted to, to be part of the Magic Castle since I was a kid. I'm still very proud to be a part of it. And I realized I can't help fix any of these uh, truths unveiled if I don't show up. Sometimes just being in the space can help heal some of those wounds. So that actually, to me, is not what's causing some of the challenges with the Magic Castle. It's just it's trying to recover from the pandemic. It's a small space. It's all indoors. Uh, so, so people are still afraid to go there and eat. And also, um, those who are part of, of, of the Magic Castle, I mean, yes, there are people who, who are part of it that aren't, aren't, aren't magicians uh, who get a guest pass to go in. But a lot of their consistent r- reservations for dinner there are from magicians. And of course, the pandemic has decimated the income of performers across entertainment. So they're still struggling to uh, have their their core customers get all of their income back to be able to go there and spend money. So they're limping forward, you know, persevering. So many are. So many are. Yeah. Yeah. It has been a hard time. But here's the thing. Um, you know, as you hear all of these scandals that are happening, of course, the one on Broadway that just came out uh, a few days ago was a bit um, surprising to many, but not shocking to most. Um, and I have to tell you, I, I interviewed tonight um, F. Michael Haney, um, and he was actually on um, um, he, he played the role of Olaf in Frozen. And right. I asked him at the end of the of the conversation, you know, how are you all doing? You know, you've been a big part of Broadway for a long time. And how are you doing with this scandal? And, you know, he said that silent voice is just not it. You know, um, he really told his truth about it. And I appreciated how he placed those words so carefully. Um, but he made it very clear that, yeah, you know, this is happening everywhere and it needs to come uh, forward. Do you agree with that? I actually am not. I haven't heard about what this scandal is on Broadway. Oh, it's where it was announced that um, some people came out. Some of the big stars on Broadway came out and said, "Hey, you know, sexual harassment is real." Uh, they didn't say the word rape, um, but there's been some real problems with some of the. I don't know if it's the older owners or what it is, but there are people that are misusing and abusing some of the actors and singers and dancers and so much more. And it's been going on for a while. And now people are coming out telling their truth. Well, of course I believe it. I mean, as we learn from the whole hashtag Me Too movement, where mm-hmm. there is power, there is sexual harassment and abuse. I think, I think that, that was one of the most shocking moments of that movement was for men around the country to realize that all of our female friends Nearly, it felt like had a story to contribute to, to to that movement and to post, and that we had uh, even if un- unknowingly, you know, turned a blind eye or, or been in the environment where that was happening. So, whenever some new um, chapter of that story is unveiled, I'm, I'm not shocked at all. No, I'm like, yeah, that seems about right. So, whether yeah. it's a private club like the Magic Castle or, or 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 a whole other sector of entertainment like Broadway. 
that those stories are coming forward, I think, uh, is a required step in the, the healing uh, of this process. But didn't you just Yeah, and the television Frozen? started it, you know. Um, yeah. Yes, I did just see Frozen. Um, and I happen to have loved it. I loved it. I thought it was spectacular. I thought Disney was on display in full effect. Um, and that wow. was really exciting for me. Um, the, the Lion King, of course, was the last time I was in absolute awe and in love with Disney, right? It was so spectacular. I remember taking your cousin Jordan with me. He was probably eight or nine at that age. So to have my your niece and my granddaughter, Saren, who's almost nine in next month, this month, um, it's just what was remarkable. And, and to see her reaction to Frozen was really special, her and Sade. And Sade being four years old, every time it would get quiet, she'd ask a question. So why did they do that? Or so who is that singing exactly? You know, she just, she would just ask all, and people could hear her, you know, and it's just oh like, goodness. I can't do anything about that, right? No. Nope. Uh, it was really precious. I loved it. I loved the whole experience of us going out to dinner together, surprising them. They thought Frozen across the street because they could see it from their window mm -hmm. um, at the restaurant. And they thought, oh, we're going to see that because someone in the line actually asked them, are you guys going to see Frozen? And so I couldn't keep it a secret anymore. I said, yes, they are going to see Frozen. And Saren's eyes got big. She says, we're going to see the movie Frozen. I said, we're going to see Frozen. And so she thought it was the movie. <laughs> and Sade was going, when we get inside and we're sitting there waiting because we went in early to see how the place would fill up because it was, you know, empty at first. And we went in and this, you know, it was this slow gathering. You know how Minnesotans are. They come yeah. in the last seven minutes or something. And it just kept getting more and more and more. And they were like, wow, okay, okay. And then all of a sudden, Saren uh, realizes it's, it's going to be actors on stage. And she goes, that's awesome. And Sade is going, I want my movie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then it opened. It opened in silence from the girls. And they just went, oh, wow. It was really very moving, very special. Oh, I love it. And yeah, I... I I, I, I can imagine, she, you know, you, she was told she was going to see a movie and then was duped. And her first reaction was, <laughs> wait duped. a minute. Because <laughs> she said to me, I, I hope it's Frozen movie. 2. I really hope it's Frozen 2. And you've seen Frozen 2. I haven't. Yeah, I agree with her. So we, I think you and I have discussed many times how much I disliked Frozen 1. I really, really didn't like that movie. Uh, I, and I, I'd heard the Broadway show that you saw when it first opened on, on Broadway. I heard it wasn't very good. Frozen 2, the movie, I loved. But, of course, the show is not based off of the second film. It's the first film. So I never went and saw Frozen when it was touring here in L.A. I'm sure it will come back. And off of what you just said, I should go see it. But you should. I didn't because I just thought it was going to be the movie, you know, all, all, all over again, but live action two hours long. Well, I tell you, Mikey, you have so many options in movies right now. There's no complaint needed. I mean, really, just accept that I'm saying it was spectacular. Seriously. No, and go I mean, see after it. I've heard this review, I, I, I will go check it out. So if it comes back to L.A., I'll make a point to go see it. Yeah, and I'd rather watch Frozen on the stage or in a movie than to watch Venom Carnage like you did, which was starting Woody Harrelson. <laughs> so let's talk about that for a minute. Why? What is it? Because it's a Marvel character, that's why? So Woody Harrelson, of course, played Carnage, but Venom himself is played by Tom Hardy, as it was uh -huh. in the first film back in 2018. Uh, Venom, Carnage, yes, all of those characters are Marvel, but of course, those characters uh, are currently owned by, 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 by Sony Studios. 
who also owns oh. Spider-Man. So Sony cut a deal w- with Marvel to, to have, have, to have Spider-Man be part of the MCU. And that's why we have, uh, Spider-Man, the new version in all of the Avengers films, et cetera, et cetera. But these characters are still in the Sony territory. Um, so the first one came out and okay, how do you make a movie about an alien blob that inhabits a man on earth and is supposed to be bad, but ends up being a good guy. And how do you make that relatable? Uh, even though that character isn't part of the MCU. Well, well, I know somebody like that, funny. so yeah, it's pretty, you know. I think a lot yeah. of people have aliens <laughs> next door. <laughs> so, you know, but so the first one was, was funny. So, so the alien comes down and he inhabits the body of Tom Hardy, but they're two separate entities. And so there's all these, these jokes cracked, and you have to feed the alien, and they kind of fight. So it's kind of like a best friend movie that happens to have them trying to save people and be good, even though this alien wants to eat people. Um, and that was unexpected. I, I, I didn't read the comics for Venom, but I surely saw the villain Venom in, in the Spider-Man cartoon back in the day. Um, but it's really fun. It's really, really funny. The action is great. The, the film is PG-13, so it's never going to go too far, you know. So this new one b- brings in v- Venom's villain, Carnage, uh, and, as you mentioned earlier. And Carnage, as you may have seen in the, in the trailers, is a little bit scary, but it's Halloween time. A little so it's bit. perfect for that character. Perfect, perfect for that character to come up. But again, it's PG-13. It's not going to go that far. It isn't going to be that gory. It's really about the action. And this film actually gave you even more of the comedy than the, than the first one, because they realized that's what made the first film so so attractive. It, it was just so fun to watch their, their interaction. So more than half of this film is really just the two of them cracking jokes, these funny, odd moments um, as, as their friendship evolves. And then, of course, it gets to the action and the fun part of all of this. I will say, if, if you like Venom, the original character, you're going to like both of these films. The first one went on to make over, I think, nearly $850 million worldwide. The wow. first one was a massive, massive hit around the world. This one just came out and broke the pandemic record. It opened over $90 million in its three-day weekend. So that's bigger than Black Widow, bigger than Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi did more in four days. That holds the four-day record. And Shang-Chi has done really, really well worldwide. But three-day weekend in the U.S., Venom Carnage actually holds the pandemic record. So, I mean, people are definitely going back to theaters and, and, and they want to see movies. And they went to see this film because it was such, the first one was such a huge success. So it is fun. It's funny. It's not as good as the first one from 2018, but it definitely is in line with that. And I don't want to give anything away. I will just okay. say you have to stay through the credits. Okay, that's always just what stay. you tell me, too. Black you know, Panther was like that. Just stay, Mom. Just stay. Okay, I want to be clear, well, I, though. I think you just cleared it up for me. Venom Carnage is the name of the movie. Yes. Okay. But they're two separate entities. Correct. Carnage is, is the villain who's like Venom, but he's a bad right. version of Venom. Okay, but Venom, Correct. is that the one whose teeth goes all the way to the top of his head? Yes. Or it looks like that, Venom, right. Venom is the one in black. Carnage is the one in red. Yeah, I don't care. But I will say this. Uh, (laughs) Seriously, I don't care. I'm never going to see that movie, just like I'm never going to see most of them. But, you know, uh, Venom Carnage is definitely... You'd watch all the Marvel films. Yeah, but not Venom Carnage or Venom or Carnage. I'm not. I'm not. I can tell you that right now. You know, some of them are so hideous. uh, I just can't even imagine watching them. And I've watched many parts of many of the movies. 
It's like okay, that enough one said. time. <laughs> like no. That, like that no. one time. No, I really do. And you didn't want to watch it. and It was terrible. And then you and then towards the end, when you watch the whole thing. And it, yeah, that one time you watched all of Thor and loved it. Yeah. Uh huh. What are you saying? Remember that one time I caught you and you were like, yeah, it was on TV and I wasn't going to watch it. And you're like, oh, you know, I was only going to watch 20 minutes. And then there's one part at the end. And I was like, wait a minute, the end. Did you watch the whole thing? You're like, well. <laughs> I was busted. I happened. did watch the whole thing. I did. You watched the whole thing because it was great. I did. Great. Okay. Yeah. All right. So enough about Frozen. Enough about Venom Carnage. Good Lord. Now let's talk about Dune. Um, Dune is the, in fact, we should probably take a break. We'll take a break and then come back and talk about Dune um, in just a moment. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It is now 1035 here at WCCO. Welcome back. This is the Mom and Michael Hour, and I tell you, it's my favorite hour. I get a chance to visit with my son, who's been living in Los Angeles for more than 15 years. Welcome back, son. Thank you so much. Dune is, of course, um, a lot of people are talking about it. Um, I think this is, what, the fifth iteration of Dune? Do you remember? Well, there's the Dune film that, that, that came out in 1984, directed by David Lynch. There was a Dune TV series. Well, actually, there was a TV uh, edit of the Dune film that's a, a tad bit longer with a few extra scenes and a few scenes, I think, repeated. Uh, that's, uh, that, that was in four parts on TV. And then there was a Dune TV series on Sci-Fi Channel in the early 2000s. And now we have the new Dune film coming out uh, this month, actually. And I have to say I am extremely excited for this film. Yes, I've heard it's already got mixed reviews when it premiered, but for the most part, people, people are saying it's it's big, it's exciting, has a few issues here and there. But, you know, the first film in 84, based off the book that was released, I think, in 65 or 68. Um, the oh, first I thought it was like the that. 80s or something, like 82. No, the, the movie came out, the, the, the first Dune film came out, in 1984, but the book uh, upon which or from which it is based um, came out way before that. So oh. the 1980 film, uh, 84 film, is you know it isn't technically a great movie. I love it. In fact, in fact, Joey had never seen it, so I told him we have to watch it before the new one comes out. So I sat down with him and watched it last night, and I said, hey, you know, most people think it's bad, but it's a classic because we love it because. The only it was the first iteration, uh, first version of, uh, of that book that came out as a movie, and I still enjoyed it. It is choppy; it moves too fast. They don't give enough character explanation. There's a, a lot of inner voice going out, going on throughout the film. But the production design, the stage, and the costuming, what they're doing there is really cool. In fact, um, on a very own home companion, the movie, I got to meet Virginia Madsen, who plays the daughter of the Emperor in the '84 version of Dune, and she does the opening monologue. And I just thought it was so cool to meet her. I was like, you're, you're the princess <laughs> from Dune. <laughs> it was really, really cool to, to meet her in person. Um, so we, re- we watched it last night. It's still not a perfect film, uh, but all the more reason why I'm excited for this new one. 
to come out and to see what they do with it. The trailer I just saw on IMAX when, when, when I saw a film this weekend, and I'm just that much more excited. Also, there's some diversity in this version because the first one, if there's almost zero diversity. I was counting on three, and I think it was three people in the whole film um, of any kind of diverse anything. So I'm excited that it has been update, updated. Um, Timothy Chalamet, who's playing uh, Paul Atreides in the new version, is great. I saw him in a film on Netflix called The Kingdom. He was really, really good in that, and he was great in most of the films he has done. Um, so I'm just, if you can't tell, I'm excited it comes up this month. I want to go see it on the biggest, best screen I can, uh, and hopefully it will live up to the hype around this film. I'm sorry, Michael. I didn't have my microphone on. I apologize. Um, <laughs> no I have to admit, there have been so many iterations, I think four, or maybe this is the fifth one. Do I have that right? Did you say the fifth one? Uh no, it's the third, technically. The, the first film, the early 2000s uh, series on Sci-Fi Channel, and this is the remake of the first film. So the, the third total iteration, but the second film ever. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't understand why they keep trying to put it out because um, there have been, um, you know, things said that weren't so good about the other two. And so, um, and so this one, you said people are already talking about it, and, you know, it's not necessarily getting the best... Um, response yet but i will say the story in itself is quite remarkable um the the character that i disliked the most was the one the floating man he was so gross the baron he was so gross in 1984 whatever it was Mm -hmm. and i just kept thinking oh that is so gross and you know i started seeing that in my nightmares and i kept thinking oh and then i went and watched it again you know i remember when we started watching that in the 80s (laughs) You know, so, yeah, that was a trip. But um, to know that they keep doing this, it must be something about it that's important that people want to see or they're trying to correct. What is it? Well, I I don't think they're trying to correct anything. I mean, I think the story is so compelling and the concepts behind it are so compelling that even with the challenges of the 84 version, uh, you and I still talk about it. It it, it has that kind of lasting power. It's still one of my favorite movies in terms of concept. And again, you know, I made Joey watch it last night because it's still powerful, even with its flaws. And I, I will, just to be clear, the, the new one that's coming out this month does have a, a large positive reaction to it. That There's just some challenges out there that they're saying certain parts of the film aren't as strong. But for the most part, people are saying it's, it's going to be good. So it, uh, if it can be better than the 84 version, it will be a success. Um, and I, I'm excited. I, I think it really could be one of the strongest sci-fi films we've seen uh, in a decade. So, okay, so would you say, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, why is it important? It's to that first point that the, the concept, the story itself has that kind of lasting power. And this is coming from someone who has not read the original book, just from seeing the 80s film, it has stuck with me all these years. So the thing for me, I wanted to make sure that it had my favorite characters in it, you know, whether, like you said, a, a straight, a tradies, is that how you pronounce it? Um, All the trees, yeah. Yeah, he was so great in that 80-something movie. And then, of course, the the witches. Were they called the witches? They weren't called witches. What were they called? They were called witch, but again, I just watched it, so I feel like I can actually answer these questions. It seemed more derogatory in the movie, but again, I'm sure the, 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 the movie reduced some of the more complicated concepts from the book to get through it. So, but from the movie, yes. I mean, they were, they, they, they were telepaths, basically, but right. uh, others would call them a witch. 
Right. And then I wanted to make sure when I looked at the trailer, please show me the giant worm. Um, you know, the giant worm in the 80, did you say 1984? I keep forgetting. 84, yeah. Um, yeah. So in that movie, the worms were really a big deal. And, to, you know, they had to conquer the worm to be able to, it was these gigantic worms, and they had to jump on top of it and let it ride them right to where they're going. And I loved all of that. And so the worms are in it this time, but it's different. It reminds me of something I don't want to know about. Well, but first of all, listen to what you just said out loud with full seriousness. You said they had to jump with the worm and ride it, and it was, uh, it was fantastic. That's why this film is important, is because they normalize something as wild as what you just said. Like if someone went to you and said, I'm going to make a movie, and there's people, and there's a tribe, and there's giant thousand-foot worms, and they got to ride the worm. I, you'd say no way. No one's going to make that movie. But they did, and it still had impact. So I think Yeah, but people ride in movies. They ride, they ride unicorns, and it's okay. No, but, like, we can think back to when you and I, that one Christmas at the Mall of America, went to go see the Golden Compass with Jasmine oh when she was younger. And there was oh that scene where the polar bear, the girl needs to get somewhere, and she was like, take me there. I'm going to ride you. And he goes, you wish to ride me? And the whole Ugh. audience burst out laughing because yeah. it was ridiculous that she would yeah. ride this talking polar bear. Yet a whole tribe of, of, of people in sand suits can, you know, pit, uh, 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 push out the scale of a thousand foot worm and ride a worm. And we're like, yeah, awesome, because because it has impact. And I think that's why. Uh, you and I and so many others are looking forward to seeing this film in just a, a couple weeks. Okay, so the 84 version also had that whole idea of wearing a certain suit in the desert, right? In these, you know, outrageous um, temperatures and that sort of thing, high winds. But they could literally take their urine and it will go through the whole suit and... Um, um, it recycled it. Yeah. Recycle it, yeah, and make it where you can drink it. And that is mm -hmm. actually happening now. You're hearing um, some of the astronauts being able to do something like that. So they've been talking a lot about that um, back in the 80s. And here we are seeing some of those same things actually come to fruition. That's really amazing. It is indeed. So it sounds like you might be as excited about this film as I am. You might not know that you are excited. But I think when this comes out, October 22nd, you should go see it that weekend. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Well, that sounds ridiculous. But I will try my best to find out what the critics say, especially you. I want to hear what you think about it. And I hope you're not too too disappointed because <laughs> sometimes movies will disappoint us no matter what we do. Um, let's talk about the new Spider-Man movie. Is there really another one? Is this number 104? <laughs> so, I mean, how yeah. many, many Spider-Man movies do we need? Well, you have to count the different iterations of the different Spider-Mans. You know, there was the the early two thousands one that that was the one that I loved so much, um, with uh, Tobey Maguire, and then oh, there was the Kiss, yeah, out, right. That was the famous trilogy of films that came out back then that that that's, that, that that were done by Sony. Then there was a new one that came out with uh, the guy that was in Tammy Faye. I always forget his name. Oh, Andrew Garfield. There okay. was the Andrew Garfield. I think he did two of them. And they were largely forgettable. And then Sony cut a deal with Marvel and Disney to put Spider-Man in, uh, in the MCU. And that's how we got the newest Spider-Man, who is the best Spider-Man, hands down. And even the, 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 the Tobey Maguire fans agree. This current one, 
so encapsulates the uh, ideal of, uh, of Spider-Man, of his youth, of his goodness, uh, and of his, his quiet strength. So Whatever. The, the kiss was it. The kiss with the Tobey Maguire and what's her but name? What's one? her name? What's her name, though? Oh, I can't think of her name. Oh, yeah, I've watched about three Spider-Mans. Spider-Man. It's disgusting. I, it's just too much. But that famous well, moment, one? that kiss one, was like, though? oh, I want to kiss Spider-Man. No, I don't. But, well, you which, know. Which ones have you seen? The Tobey Maguire one. Oh, you mean the three that I've seen? Oh, uh, I don't yes, remember yes. who starred in them. I really don't. If you forgot, it remember. was probably the middle ones because they were forgettable. <laughs> 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 That's probably why. Because it's just okay. not as good. <laughs> So, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, um, that's the new one coming out. And Tom Holland plays Spider-Man. So, if it stars Tom Holland, you're going to like it. But here's the deal. Of course, we uh, saw him in the other Marvel films because he's in the Avenger films. He was uh, in Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War. So, it's not just the Spider-Man films individually. It's how he plays into the larger Marvel universe. But the coolest thing that's happening here is in this film, he gets to try to you know, uh, save the day with Doctor Strange, who in the trailer I just saw again this weekend, um, clearly, you know, he, Doctor Strange tries to cast a spell, something goes awry, and he opens up the multiverse. But yes. what that means is that we now have confirmation that the multiverse theory of the Marvel Universe is correct. So all of these other characters who have existed from other studios, X-Men with Fox before Disney purchased Fox, um, uh, all, the, all, all the other Marvel characters that Sony owns, the Marvel characters that Netflix owns, Disney could either cut deals to bring those characters in the MCU or just outright buy that studio to bring those rights over. And they could keep their, their narrative in line by saying that those characters existed in a multiverse separate from Thanos, and that's why they weren't part of that battle, even though they weren't in the comic book. So, yes, this seems like a nerd moment, but it really is a business moment. It is a nerd How moment, you, honey. No, no, it's officially. A business moment. Right, but but how do you as a studio, that's the question, how are you going to, after, you know, 14 years of movies, justify to your fans the existence of the X-Men when they've been seeing X-Men films all the while, characters who know nothing about Thanos or Doctor Strange? You do it with this multiverse theory. Okay, I got you, son. Okay, now we have to talk about Moonfall, but we're going to take a break, and that'll be the last movie we talk about when we come back. I'm excited about that one, okay? Finally, we'll be back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is now 10.53 here at WCCO as we wrap up Steel Talking and the Mom and, I, Mom and Michael Hour. Uh, it's been such a pleasure being on with you tonight. And, of course, Michael, you've done a great job talking about these movies. The last one I want to talk about is the one that's opening on February 4th of next year, and I'm excited about it. It's called Moonfall, and you told me about it today. Um, you're excited about it as well, correct? Yeah, so, so when I went to go see Venom, in IMAX, they played the trailer for Moonfall, and I, I didn't know what it was, but uh, it hit the screen, and I was like, okay, cool, Halle Berry, Roland Emmerich directing? What is this new disaster film? 
And here it is. It's, you know, a, a genre of film that I call space dread. Very unscientific uh, <laughs> name that I... Uh, but That's great. TV shows that I call space dread, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even tell you their name. I'm like, oh, this, it's a new space dread. I'll watch it. Because whenever people go into space, it's dreadful and it's very entertaining and I'm here for it. But uh, this one seems really cool because the moon starts moving closer towards Earth and destroying things and maybe more than just the moon. And, of course... It's Roland Emmerich, who we know from Independence Day, The Day After Tomorrow, 2012, uh, all of these. Oh, even Stargate. If, if you want to have aliens, the weather, or something come destroy the planet, and then have somebody with a fringe theory come save the day, he's your guy. And he's always going to do it at an enormous scale. And though many of his films, you know, the first half of the movie is just mind-blowing, and the second half tends to lose its way a little bit, uh, that first half is always so strong that it is worth it. So I'm here for it. The budget is $150 million, which means he has the money to make the effects really strong. Uh, I, yeah, I'm excited. I'm totally on board for this film. Cannot wait to see it. You know, his movies are the ones that you, you ask real questions about, right? It makes you think, and you wonder, could that actually happen? What do you think? I mean, that's the whole point. He, he takes some far-out concept and then, and, and then ratchets it up to a 1,000%, shows you what it could look like using some actual data and then loose science to make it a, a bit more believable and real, and that it's on the cusp of, of sci-fi and fantasy always makes you feel like, what if this actually happened? And that's what makes his films so powerful. They, they, they tie into truths that we think we know. Uh, and they're really, really fun to watch. I mean, he is the king of disaster movies. So, uh, yeah, the moon destroying the planet, I'm here for it. Well, they're saying that humans are, especially, you know, here on this planet, <laughs> I don't know if they're humans anywhere else, but on this planet, um, they are actually, they already have the team of people who are going to go to Mars and try to, you know, actually live there and what would happen to our bodies. And I watched a show, uh, a documentary on, you know, the team that's coming together. And we didn't get to see all of them, but there was one young man who, you know, talked about it and said, when I was chosen, you know, yes, is it a scary idea? Yes, but I love the idea of going to, what is the word? I'm uh, When you go to another place like that, another planet and you... Colonizing? Colonizing, thank you. So colonizing this is a really big thing. It's kind of shocking. So I, I asked the question of you, um, what would be your choice if Moonfall no. or something like Moonfall no. actually happens? What would be your choice? Would you go to Mars I mean, or would you want to stay okay, and try to save the planet? If the planet is being destroyed, and I'm fortunate enough to have one of the few tickets, because there's always only a handful of tickets to get off the planet in these movies. So if I, if I had a seat to, to go to Mars. I mean, everyone wants to live, but do I want to just go to Mars? And, and no, I don't want to do that. And frankly, if the world is ending on that scale, it's like yeah. I'd almost rather just be, be with my, my, my loved ones. Who would want to go to Mars by themselves without their loved ones and, and their family and, and the like? That That's almost its own version of hell as opposed to just, you know, going away and holding one you love while you're going out. Wow, that seems grim but true. All right, Michael, <laughs> we have spent a lot of time on movies. I can't remember the last time we spent time on movies, and we have about a minute left, and I want to ask you about The Expanse because it's going to be a book. Am I right? A book first and then a movie? Wait, the, the, the TV show The Expanse? Yeah. Oh, no, so the TV I show. Think I... So it, it's already it's out. It's on Amazon Prime. 
And it's already, I think they've done five seasons. So this show has been around for about five plus years now. And, uh, but aren't they working on a movie? I don't know if they are, but you should watch the TV show because it's space dread, but with politics. I love it. (laughs) Again, that's called The Expanse. It has been a pleasure having you on, Michael, always. You know, your mother loves you. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 